All right, so your number five. Number five is a little band that you might have heard of called The Beatles. Never um, heard of them. <laughs> the Beatles are the first band, I think, that I was ever really exposed to. Um, long story short, my dad is an enormous Beatles fan. My aunt is an enormous Beatles fan. Uh, my dad had, like, an enormous Beatles collection of all their solo stuff, all their rare stuff, all that stuff, some of which I've inherited, uh, at least that of which has survived, anyway, over the years. Um, but yeah, man, the Beatles, I mean, I had to put them on here. Um, I'm weird with the Beatles. Um, I don't know if you feel this way, but I get in moods where I want to hear nothing but the Beatles, and then I don't want anything to do with the Beatles. It's a very strange relationship that i have with the beatles but overall i really really love them uh no i do not have that relationship with the beatles but i i do understand that at the same time it could i don't know if it could just be um me having grown up with them and hearing them my whole life you know but um and it's not even that like i don't want to hear i want nothing to do with the beatles that like i i'm upset if i hear them or like i've, I've never not enjoyed listening to the beatles it's just that i get like really 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 into them and they're all i want to listen to for you know say a few months and then i don't listen to them for a long time but anyway that being said the beatles are one of my favorite bands always have been always will um they are considered by many the greatest band of all time for a reason for good reason and, <clears throat> yeah, for a very good reason. Uh, master songwriters, Lennon, McCartney, um, Eve, George Harrison, too, and Ringo, too, who doesn't love Ringo. Um, and they all had su successful solo careers. But um, for me, you know, to use your term here, my Beatles have always been the later part of their career. I, I do appreciate the earlier stuff. I like a lot of the earlier stuff. But the later stuff uh, for me is where it's at. And um, my Beatles has always been like rubber soul on. So for me, what I decided to do with this one is I, instead of picking three albums that I would recommend to everybody, because let's face it, I mean, you really can't go wrong where, no matter where you start with the Beatles, in my opinion anyway. Um, so I'm just giving my three favorite albums. And uh, of my three favorites are Rubber Soul, which I just mentioned. That's probably, I don't know, there's something about that record I love. Magical Mystery Tour, which I will always pick over Sgt. Pepper. Why? Um, I love Sgt. Pepper. It's an iconic album, but I've always just liked Magical Mystery Tour better. I think as as a whole, the album's better, although Sgt. Pepper has some huge highlights. Uh, you know, Day in the Life, um, the song Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, all those. Um, but there's a couple tracks off of Sgt. Pepper that I don't care for too much, whereas Magical Mystery Tour, I just love the whole album. And um, my personal favorite Beatles record of all time has been for a long time, always will be, and that's Abbey Road. I really feel that's where the Beatles were just at their pinnacle of, of songwriting. And I think that all the Beatles, uh, I feel like you really see all of their personalities shine through in the different songs on the album. The final um, hoorah. Yeah, I mean, uh, George has a couple of moments even. Uh, Paul and John have their moments. And of course, come on, Octopus Garden. Octopus's you know. Garden is the <laughs> greatest Ringo star. So oh, it really is one of the best, ring, best Ringo. I agree. It is one of the best Ringo <laughs> songs. Um, and that al uh, iconic album cover. And I could go on and on about Abbey Road, but I'm not going <laughs> to for the sake of time. Have you seen Quick Side Note? There's been um, mm -hmm. album covers redone, um, like social distancing um, album covers. And there's one for Abbey Road, <laughs> and it's just hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that. Maybe yeah. I'll put a picture of it right here. Oh, definitely. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, so as far as songs go, um, I did go a bit more... Um, I wanted to represent each album, and also just songs I feel are really important to the Beatles' career, and just songs that I love. So, uh, off of... Uh, um, Rubber Soul, naturally, I went with Norwegian Wood. That's just a classic song. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the lyrics of that song. Um, it's one of John's <laughs> finest moments, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, yeah, just a great track off of Rubber Soul. I went Strawberry Fr- Fields Forever, which is just a classic, iconic um, Beatles tune off of Magical Mystery Tour. Another one of John's finest moments. Totally agree. I love John. I've always been a big John fan. Um, more so than Paul, but Paul, I love Paul as well. Uh, a Day in the Life, of course, which is, for some, like one of the most important Beatles tracks, uh, particularly for the influence I think it would have on late on other, on other uh, British invasion bands and whatnot, and just the whole psychedelic kind of movement in general. And really was like, saw the Beatles really mature, I think, musically. Uh, on that song and probably them at their most experimental I would argue um, and then of course uh, the great great there were so many tracks that I could have picked off of Abbey Road but I went with I Want You She's So Heavy I just love that song great there's something pick. about that song uh, there's so many other songs I could have picked but that was the one I, I had to go with and then I had to throw a George one in there and also just another iconic track and that's While My Guitar Gently Weeps it was really hard for me not to pick Here Comes the Sun but I thought something off of the White Album would be nice to have on here so that's my Beatles picks um you really can't go wrong with the Beatles in my opinion especially from Rubber Soul on um I want to give a special shout out to Let It Be I think that's a really great and underrated album uh it's usually not in the same conversation as stuff like Sgt. Pepper or Abbey Road or the White Album um and of course Revolver uh, is a classic album and even the early stuff man uh I love a lot of that stuff um although I don't love it as much as I don't love it as much as the later stuff. It's a lot of it is still wonderful. So it's it's yeah. all great we'll as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I mean, yeah. I love that you gave a shout out to Revolver because it's one of my favorite Beatles records. Um, as far as mm-hmm. Let It Be goes, I'm gonna, um, for the sake of controversy, say the superior version of that album is um, the Let It Be Naked version. If you've ever heard that, I've heard that before too. Yeah, uh, I've I've only I don't have a ton of experience with. Let it be naked. I've heard it a few times, but um, I, I, you aren't the first person I've actually heard say that. So that's one I've, I should really listen to more, to be honest. Awesome. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> that's a good segue into my number five. Uh, my number five are the arch rivals, nemesis, if you will, of the Beatles. And no, that's not the, the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. Um, that is the Beach Boys for a time there. Um, it was a friendly rivalry, if you will, but uh, for a mm-hmm. time there, the Beach Boys and the um, Beatles kind of had a thing going. Again, it was all you know, friendly and good and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think you actually, upon our first attempt at this recording, have since kind of gotten more into the Beach Boys. Well, you, the way you were talking about them, uh, unfortunately, I, that's the one band I wish we had. Still the audio from that the recording because your impassioned speech about the Beach Boys made me want to listen to more of them. So <laughs> well, I've been I, listening to them. I'm gonna do my best to recapture that. Um, so the Beach Boys <laughs> are another group. As we get into the top five, um, these five for me are just special, 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 and just you know, and different moments in my life, both positive and negative. Um, the music has just really been there for me. The Beach Boys, Brian Wilson specifically, just have a special place in my heart. 
um, I find, for those of you that are familiar with Brian Wilson's story, to a very, 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 very minor degree, really relate to his story. Um, he is, along with um, John Lennon, my favorite musician, my favorite songwriter, um, I, more than any, any other artist, cannot defend this group enough. I think there are two Beach Boys, um, and that's kind of courtesy of both Brian Wilson and um, Mike Love. Um, you've got the Mike Love version of the Beach Boys, which is um, very much, you know, the Beach Boys that a lot of people know, America's band, if you will. Fun, 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 Surfing USA, I Get Around, which those are all fantastic songs. Oh, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Some of the greatest pop songs of all time. But then you've also got the Brian Wilson Beach Boys. Um, and that's that's the Beach Boys that I love. I think it's very, to a degree, very unrepresented, um, overshadowed by some of the more popular Beach Boys songs. Um, but Brian Wilson really was like the next Mozart and Beethoven um, in the sense of just how great of a songwriter he was, but also just how great of a composer he was. Um, and I think the record that really captures that is Pet Sounds, which is my favorite album of all time. Um, wow. But so many other songs, I mean, a song like Good Vibrations has been described as a pocket symphony. Um, that theremin, dude. <laughs> listen to you, seriously. But that, that whole track, listen to it. I mean, there there's a reason why Brian Wilson gets, you know... Um, put up there with some of those greats that I just mentioned. Again, Mozart, Beethoven, etc. Um, Good Vibrations alone captures that. Um, but this is a band that just has so many great songs that, again, just go beyond the fun, 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 and the I Get Around, and the Surfing USA, etc., etc. Um, just a truly incredible band, and I want to emphasize that, you know, the other band members were so important. Um, the other Wilson brothers, Dennis and... Um, Carl, just as detrimental to the band, um, as well as Al Jardine, um, and even Mike Love, who, you know, you'll hear me bash a lot, um, was still super important in terms of uh, the Beach Boys and their sound. Um, so my top five, for the most part, kind of captures what I think is a great overview, but also has some of my favorite songs, because I, I will plug Beach Boys gems in any way that I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, my first song, which is a more well-known one and is an early Beach Boys tune, it's a song called In My Room. It's just a beautiful track from the pre-Pet Sounds era of the band. I believe the song was recorded in 1964, 65. Um, this is a song that just I relate to very much on a personal level, going through a sort of introverted phase in my early 20s. Um, I also share a very special moment with this song along with a, a friend of mine who was a former co-worker um, who's, you know, older than I am, but um, her and I just share a mutual love for this song specifically and a really um, great personal connection. Um, so In My Room is my first track that I would recommend. Uh, my second song is Off of Pet Sounds. As I just stated, is my favorite album of all time. And this track is actually my favorite song of all time. And that's God Only Knows. Um, just hmm. the greatest two and a half minutes of recorded music you'll ever hear. Uh, the song is sung by the late, great Carl Wilson. Um, of course, you've got the backing vocals with the rest of the band. 
the arrangements done by Brian, of course. Uh, fun fact, also Paul McCartney's favorite song of all time. Wow. Yep. Uh, number three, you gotta have it. Um, good vibrations. Again, as I just said, Pocket Symphony. It's it, it's very much there. It's very much there. A day in the life. Although there's another song on this list list that I'm going to also say is kind of like they're a day in the life as well but Good Vibrations is the one that everyone knows it's got one of the greatest choruses of all time it's a song that everyone can sing along to everyone knows this song but it's also it's just it's it's a brilliant song like just take some time mm-hmm. to listen to this song I mean it's there's just so much going on in this recording at once it's, it really is one of the greatest songs of all time um, my fourth pick is a deep cut. Um, it was released on an album called Smiley Smile, intended to be on the Smile record originally, along with Good Vibrations. Um, and that's a song called Heroes and Villains. Um, this is one of Brian Wilson's um, greatest songs. I think it might be his favorite Beach Boys song. Could be wrong about that. Um, it's just a great track. So much going on. Um, the definitive version of Heroes and Villains would be on the Smile Sessions Um album which was released nine years ago um and then my number five to me it's the beach boys magnum opus it's brian's magnum opus um my second favorite beach boys song and one of my favorite songs overall this is the after mentioned song that i think really is a true contender for their a day in the life and that's the song surfs up mm. that was a great song I, I heard that for the first time the other day and i loved it it is a beautiful song like good vibrations and heroes and villains so much going on in this recording um there's a great stripped down version that's just brian on a piano um from the late 60s um i forget what what tv show it was from but just a really great intimate version of that song um it, of course, appears on the album Surf's Up um, that was released in the early 70s. Carl does lead vocals on the first half. But to me, once again, the definitive version is the Smile Sessions version, which has Brian on lead from start to finish. Um, nice. I think I described it to you in a way also um, to make another comp- comparison. It's kind of like their Bohemian Rhapsody um, in the sense where, you know, there are three different parts in the song and it all kind of just comes together at the end. It's, it's a... Mm-hmm beautiful um piece of work i i i I can i can go on about it um so (laughs) so those would be my five no surfing usa in my top five um as far as three albums to start out with i think um you gotta go with pet sounds of course um i think the smile sessions are worth checking out a lot of those songs I mentioned, Good Vibrations, Heroes and Villains, Surf's Up appear on that. But there are so many other great songs. Cabin Essence, um, Wonderful. So many great songs are off the Smile Sessions. Um, and then my number three is an interesting pick. It's an album they put out called Sunflower in 1970. And the best way I can describe mm-hmm. it is it's kind of like their Abbey Road in the sense where it's their most democratic album. Um, everybody like on Abbey Road has a contribution on the record um, and there's so many great songs on there uh, that's the album that Forever appears on um, oh, okay. but yep. there are a couple of really great Dennis Wilson tracks Carl has a great song one of my favorite um, Brian and Mike Love contra- um, collaborations were off this record 
Um, if you're just looking for some solid, great rock pop songs, um, I would highly recommend Sunflower. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to make a quick comment about Brian Wilson. It's it's interesting that you were, were saying that uh, like his his contributions can sometimes be overlooked. I always find that funny, or it's kind of funny hearing that because whenever you hear about the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson always pops up. It's it's odd because like I always feel like Brian Wilson has is sort of like the he's the one that everybody talks about. Yet it seems like his songs aren't really as played as much, which is weird. He's the one that everyone know? talks about, but it's to me it's more of like the campier stuff which he you know heavily contributed to as well but it's mm-hmm. it's always i think the beach boys that most people know are again the mike love america's band beach boys and you're right i think brian wilson's the one people talk about the most yeah i think on the musical side of thing um he's not always the most represented interesting that, yeah. that's that's so that's so weird it is. <laughs> um but yeah i i definitely am uh, looking forward to i've been kind of looking into their stuff since you we originally tried to record this and i've been really enjoying it so i think i'm going to finally have to give definitely pet sounds a spin and um the smile sessions too and sunflower is the other one sunflower yep okay yeah i'm gonna have to give that one a shot but they have even beyond those three they have so many great records um smiley Mm -hmm. smile surfs up um uh wild honey um holland i can go on nice uh okay uh, anything else on the beach boys no that's it let's hear your number four okay my number four i cheated on a little bit um which you already know this but um i it's one guy but he was in three different bands and it's just this, this is just a guy that i've always really loved and uh as the years go on i keep digging out more and more gems by him and uh the guy is ronnie james dio um probably one of the most iconic heavy metal singers of all time uh he was in three different bands rainbow uh, it's kind of funny because you were talking when we we're talking about big star it's like <clears throat> rainbow was the first band i thought of um when we were when you were talking about how like oh well they only have really three big albums and i was saying that yeah it's kind of hard to put a band in when you're when you only you know know a few of their albums now i know rainbow had a lot of albums but i never really got into the like post Dio era stuff, but the three albums with him on it were just some amazing stuff off of those those records. I'll just go ahead and say not to cut you off. I don't even think mm-hmm. those um, other Rainbow records are really worth anyone's time. I think. Um, yeah, those, not from what I've heard. His first three really... albums that they did with Dio are just really something else. Whereas kind of everything after that is just stereotypical eighties hard rock. Yeah, it kind of just in my it kind of just got like. It's like they, I don't know, when Dio left, it really, uh, they really uh, lost a lot, I felt. Yeah. Um, And uh, then, of course, he was in Black Sabbath. Arguably, uh, he saved Black Sabbath. And um, actually, I don't even think that's that's an arguable point. He did save Black Sabbath. (laughs) And is uh, maybe more of an arguable point is that uh, aside from the Ozzy era Sabbath that I was gushing over before, uh, the Dio Sabbath era is really the only other era of sabbath that i think holds up and nothing against you tony martin fans or uh you know like the Ian really Gillen album. tony martin fans yeah there's like 20 of them <laughs> oh, okay. shout out to those 20 fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but the, the dio era like sabbath was really a different band which is why i'm comfortable in having it kind of separate because it kind of 
you can't really compare the two the the two eras of the band. They're both great in their own ways. I think Dio really amped up um, the rest of the band in terms of musicianship, mm-hmm. especially with his. I mean, his vocal style is very operatic, very that that heavy metal classic heavy metal style that would become the um, the standard really in the '80s and even beyond. Um, so I don't know. I th- it, it, his voice really, I think, more than anybody else that I could think of, aside from maybe a guy like Rob Halford or um, maybe even Gillen, uh, even Ian Gillen. Um, his was he was really one of the first to have that iconic metal voice. And then of course he had his solo career with Dio, which I don't love all of that. Um, I think there's some really great stuff in the Dio era of um, his career, but uh, there's a lot of it that definitely is pretty 80s and some of it's quite campy but there's still some great tracks like uh off of holy diver uh specifically in the last in line uh specifically but yeah if i if uh, any of that stuff puts people off i can totally understand if you're not a fan of that 80s metal yeah. kind of sound and some of his later <clears throat> stuff is really good too though when um like in the 90s and 2000s there's particularly a album that i want to talk about which is not in my top three albums but i think is a really great record and overlooked record and that's magica which is a concept album um that he did in like 2000 um and it's a very 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 good album uh, like one of the best dio era albums and i really highly recommend it um but yeah anyway so he had like a quite a long career and we haven't even talked about the stuff he did with elf and i mean he was recording music way back in like the late 50s when he did stuff like ronnie and the prophets and all of that stuff. So he's had a long. He really did have a long, long, very diverse career. Absolutely. In um, in in rock and uh, again, you know, he's just there's something about the man's voice. I don't know what it is. I just have always really loved it. And he, he just his music, um, had a huge impression on me. He had a very you know, uh, very difficult and also like, um, very transitional period of my life. You know, my early twenties and stuff. And of course, he died around that time too, which had a big impact on me too. Very sad. Uh, as much as I love the man's music, I also immensely respect the man himself because from what everybody in the industry who knew him said about him, it was like he was just the nicest guy and um, was just a really good person. But uh, beyond that, I mean, he just, his songs, like, I think really have stood the test of time, especially those Rainbow songs and those Sabbath songs. And um, as far as albums go, I've got one album from each era of his career that I think are probably the cliche albums that people would pick, but they're also his bet. Some of his best things, uh, for rainbow, I picked rising, which, uh, some argue is one of those albums that helped forge the heavy metal sound. Um, some epic, epic tracks on there. Uh, and I mean, the lineup, you had cozy Powell on drums. You have, of course, the, the great, uh, maestro himself, Richie Blackmore. You have, uh, um, uh, Jimmy Bain, who later played on the Dio stuff on bass, and uh, Tony Carey on keyboards. Amazing stuff on that album. Uh, then you have Heaven and Hell, which was the kind of comeback album for Sabbath, which features the classic Sab- Sabbath lineup minus Ozzy plus Dio. And you have some iconic, um, just some really iconic metal tunes on that track, especially the title track. Uh, songs like Neon Nights and Die Young and stuff. Just really, really solid album. 
And then as far as the Dio stuff go, everybody goes, everybody always goes back to Holy Diver, which I think overall, I think I might like Magicka a little more, but I think I would recommend Holy Diver because it has the hits like Holy Diver and um, stuff like that. And while some of that hasn't aged particularly well, there's a track on here which is in my top five songs called Don't Talk to Strangers, which is a really, still a really, really fantastic song. I love that, love that song. Um, so my top five songs are Catch the Rainbow off of the first Rainbow album called Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, which I think really highlights the ballad side of him. Uh, he could, I, when, when this man sings, sings ballads, I don't know what it is. It just, uh, just grabs, grabs me by the heartstrings. I don't know why I love his voice. Um, probably the mo the greatest vocal performance of him. And I would argue in he hard rock and heavy metal stargazer, mm. uh, one of the most epic songs I like, ugh, just one of the song. most epic songs ever written. Just the strings, the keyboards, the amazing guitar solo by Richie Blackmore that has those kind of Eastern tones to it. The draw, even just the drums in the beginning by Cozy Pal and um, his, and, but beyond all that, Dio's vocals are just absolutely fantastic in the song. One of, one of the greatest vocal performances of all time, in my opinion, in rock and roll. Um, I have the title track off of Heaven and Hell, Heaven and Hell, same deal, amazing vocals, amazing lyrics on that song. Uh, you really, this is like the guys in Sabbath, this is some of their best playing in my opinion. Uh, Tony Iommi really rips on guitar in this and the drums and bass by Geezer and uh, Bill Ward are fantastic. Uh, I have off of the Holy Diver al album, Don't Talk to Strangers, that fantastic mix of the ballady side of Dio with the hard rock metal sound like epicness attached to it. Awesome, awesome track. And then this is one I want you to listen to, Andy, because I know you haven't heard this song. One of the most beautiful Dio ballads I've ever heard, and I heard this shortly after he passed away, so it had a real impact on me. It's off of the Magicka album, and it's called As Long As It's Not About Love. You gotta hear this song. Like <laughs> The vocals in the beginning of the song, it's, it's one of those songs where it starts out as a ballad, and then turns into like kind of a uh, like a heavy kind of um, I don't want to use the term power ballad because it doesn't have that cheesiness to it, but it turns into like a heavy epic metal track, you know. But the uh, uh, the 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 vocals in the beginning of this song just uh, they, they they wrench my heart. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'll have to check uh, it out. Um, a yeah. song that kind of just popped in my head really quick when you were talking about like like more of the ballad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, is oh what is it called um is it a, is it a rainbow song it's a rainbow song oh i know what it, it's the closing track off of uh long live rock and roll rainbow, rainbow eyes. eyes that is a yes beautiful song that was a song that was really hard not to put on here um but yeah that would be right up there too uh rainbow eyes is an amazing song another epic track off of uh long live rock and roll is gates of babylon which i also uh really recommend but uh, yeah more the epic side I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like, uh, as great as Catch the Rainbow is and as great as Rainbow Eyes are, and um, even something like, um, I don't know if, how no, well you know the mob rules, but um, uh, this track, um, oh god, I'm blanking out now, um, Sign of the Southern Cross. <laughs> I was gonna, that was going to be the one I was going to say, yeah. It's Sign a of the Southern Cross, song. great. As long as it's not about love, beats them all. I'm not even joking. Like, as terms of his ballad, he, ballad you vocals. Both that, that, that song title, as well as the album title, Magica, not quite selling me. 
So I'll have to yeah. look past both those things. You got it. Just <laughs> listen to the song, and I think you'll really love it. It's the lyrics and uh, and the vocals are just some of the most beautiful, um, beautiful uh, lyric. Just one of the most beautiful songs he's I think that he's ever done. So nice. Yeah. He was uh, he was indeed a man on the silver mountain. <laughs> oh my god! Did you hate that? <laughs> I kind of hated it, but I also loved it. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was he was the man on the silver mountain with the golden voice. <laughs> All right, enough, enough of the puns. All right, here we go. Right, <laughs> I go started ahead, it to be ahead. fair. <laughs> All right, um, so my number four is um, the most contemporary band, I think, mm-hmm. or newest, whatever you wanna. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. Radiohead is my number four. Um, mm-hmm. another band I've really loved for a long long time um they were kind of the band when i was really starting to transition out of like the hard rock classic rock heavy metal phase in my life Mm -hmm. uh i was just really looking for something different and they were kind of that first band that i came across and were probably Mm -hmm. the band i would have to blame made me kind of protest a lot of that stuff that i was listening to prior for a, a long time at least uh, i've since gone back and have you know really appreciated some of that stuff but i also kind of blame radiohead for going through that pretentious hipster phase in my life but that's okay um, but <laughs> the pretentious hipster phase. all pretentious hipsterness aside um they're really just a great band um mm-hmm. Another band I've seen live, uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. What I really love about Radiohead is they were kind of they were real. They were just something different of the time. I mean, if you were to you you wouldn't think that if you were to go all the way back to their first record, Pablo Honey, specifically mm-hmm. the song Creep. Um, these guys were kind of like destined to be a one-hit wonder band and, and nothing more and then they put their sophomore album out street Spe- uh, bleh, that's a song i'm sorry uh their sophomore record the bends and you're like oh wow these guys are great like we might have the next rem in our hands and um they just continued from there their third record okay computer was kind of like considered the last like really great rock record and then they mm-hmm. followed it up with their fourth album, Kid A, which totally deconstructed rock as we know it and kind of set the tone to where music went in the 2000s, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just continued to put out fantastic records after that. Um, uh, and you always hear OK Computer in like a uh, conversation with like the greatest albums of all time. It's always up there, you know? And, and look, I, that's... That's, you know, I think that's that's a fair assessment, you know. Um, one of the few times where, you know, believe the hype. Um, while mm-hmm. OK Computer, really, if you were to look at their catalog, it's my favorite Radiohead album. But when you stack it against everything else, technically, it's, it's not their best. I would almost argue anything after OK Computer is better in terms of a, you know, technical standpoint, but... It's mm-hmm. it's still a phenomenal album. It's one of those albums like Pet Sounds in the sense where from start to finish, it's just great. I love every track off that off that record. Um, it, you know, I don't know. I mean, just Tom York is one of my favorite singers, another one of my favorite songwriters. 
Johnny Greenwood is one of my favorite guitar players, and not in the tradi- traditional sense of guitar playing. Um, on some of the earlier records, OK Computer specifically, he's got some great riffs and solos, but it's mm-hmm. really what his guitar playing contributes on the Kid A Onward albums, um, how it's more, it more contributes to just the overall music. And those tend to be my favorite guitar players. I, I really can't for the most part with a few exceptions I really can't stand flashy guitar solo playing um, mm. to me that's just so individualistic and what I, I find interesting with guitar players is what their instrument contributes to the rest of the music overall mm-hmm. and with Johnny, I think it depends mm-hmm. I, think, I think something like that really depends on the the song and the artist because there's some there's times where flashy guitar solos but this is probably just a difference of opinion but there's as i said i have place too sometimes sure as i said i have exceptions um to that rule but overall i'm really just fascinated with how the guitar is just contributing with everything else Mm -hmm. and that's what i really like about johnny greenwood is just what he does with his guitar playing and just the soundscapes um and just just everything that he does with this guitar playing i just find really fascinating and in some Mm ways um unorthodox compared to um you know, most guitar players. Um, every Radiohead album is different from the last. They're all great at the end of the day. It's Radiohead. Um, but this was also the band that really kind of got me into other types of music. Uh, jazz specifically, Radiohead was my introduction to Charles Mingus, Miles Davis. But they were also my introduction to, say, uh, Talking Heads, um, stuff Crowd like rock. that. Uh, Krautrock as well, um, all sorts of different styles of music that I, I love today, and it's some of my favorite you know kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as five songs, I went with my first one, a song called Street Spirits Fade Away. It's the closing track off their second record, The Bends. Still kind of a live staple to this day. It's just a great song. Um, my second is a classic song not my favorite off okay computer but it's it's the one that i think a lot of people know and it kind of really captures that record and that's paranoid android mm-hmm. such a fucking great song um my third pick is a song called idiotech which is off kid a um probably the probably the like Paranoid Android, probably the song that really kind of captures what Kid A is all about. But it's also just a very catchy and upbeat song as well. Uh, my fourth song is a song called There There. It was the single off of their uh, fifth album, Hail to the Thief. There There is a cool song because it kind of captures everything up to that point. Like it's, it's a song that could have been off OK Computer, but also a song that kind of emulates Kid A at Amnesiac as well. Um, it's just another great song and another live staple to this date. And then my fifth uh, song, possibly my favorite Radiohead song, um, is a song called Weird Fishes slash Arpeggi. Um, and that's a record that's, or that's a song that's off uh, in Rainbow's record. Mm-hmm. And what I really like about this song is, um, we just talked about the Kraut Rock influence. The song really captures that, but it's also got this really cool spacey vibe to it as well. Cool. Um, Three records that I would recommend. Um, I think you gotta go with as far as starting out with Radiohead, OK Computer, and if you really like OK Computer, go backwards. Um, second one would be Kid A. If you really like Kid A, then venture out to the following album, Amnesiac. 
And then my third one would be In Rainbows. I think In Rainbows is a phenomenal album. It really kind of captures the spirit of um, everything they had done up to that point. Um, nice. Those would be my three. Another one I really like, it's probably my second favorite record by them, um, is their last album they put out, a Moon Age, um, a Moon Age Pool. And that was their most recent album that came out four years ago. Nice. Um, and you guys might get to see, because I'm just going to make this very short, I don't have much experience with Radiohead. I've listened to a little bit of them. I recall listening to them and not really caring for them too much. And then hearing Kid A and actually really liking Kid A. <laughs> Which I've said to you off mic, it's like, it blows my mind that that's the one that, that clicked for <laughs> you. Because that's, that's the one that turns people off. Th- that's that's what's weird. Like, uh, again, like Tom Waits, uh, I've, the ones I'm familiar with are probably the two most, like, odd ones. I don't know what it is. I, I just get people recommending me stuff. I don't know. And then I'll, I, I like eclectic stuff like that. But um, anyway, uh, but... A little preview of something else that's to come. Uh, I'm going to be giving OK Computer finally its fair shake, and I've recommended something to uh, Andy, and we're going to very soon be doing some kind of album swap thing. So Album yeah, swap, changing that. our thoughts, yeah. Look forward to that. So I'll have maybe a few things to say about OK Computer Stay pretty tuned. soon. Yes. Uh, anything else about Radiohead? No, that's it. Okay. Um, Okay, my number three uh, is a band that I've loved for a long time that Andy does not like, <laughs> but he's going to have to be patient oh, and gush no. about them. Uh, number three for me is Jethro Tull. Um, this is a band that I've always really loved, um, and I'm going to unapologetically say here that I really, really feel that Ian Anderson is one of the great songwriters of that period and is really underrated. And I... I've, I've often wondered what the deal is, like why he's not in the same conversation. I think part of it has to do with just the odd, eclectic nature of Jethro Tell and their kind of Englishness, for lack of a better term. They're very, mm-hmm. like, they're a very British band, a very European band. Um, and it's kind of a miracle that they were even, in my opinion, popular at all in the U.S., but they were huge in the 70s, and they're unfortunately one of those bands that honestly just after the 70s really just kind of kept declining in popularity and they're they're big now amongst progressive rock people um and i would argue that progressive rock is probably more popular now than it's ever been um but at the same time they don't they aren't held in the same regard as bands from that era like led zeppelin like you know um pink floyd like uh black sabbath like the stones like you know all those classic classic bands that everybody always uh, talks about from that era. I really, really feel like no joke that Jethro Tull really should be part of that conversation. And it's simply because they had so many great and iconic and influential albums, especially in the early early to late 70s. Um, with, and, and just a lot of great songs. I mean, uh, they're not really everybody's cup of tea. I, I definitely acknowledge that. But uh, you can't deny, I think, Ian Anderson's songwriting ability. He is very very good um in terms of in terms of writing lyrics he's very he writes very clever very smart lyrics that um he did it in a way i think that it sort of reminded me of like the he's, he kind of reminds me of like the english version of zappa where he wrote clever lyrics under the guise of humor often and um he could do it without 
coming off as pretentious. Unfortunately, like that's the big word that a lot of people use with progressive rock bands, uh, which I don't think applies very much to Jethro Tull because first of all, I would I'm a little hard pressed to totally call them progressive rock. Um, whilst whilst albums like Thick as a Brick and especially Passion Play are unquestionably like big pro like bloated prog rock albums, uh, I don't think you can say that about their whole career because. Tull had periods of folk music, of hard rock, of um, they went through an electronic period for a while, and their influences come from so many different directions that it's really hard to, I think, label them as one genre. I mean, you get all kinds of influences from folk to jazz to, um, you know, uh, early rock and roll to blues, especially the early blues stuff. I actually think. Uh, the pre-Aqualung stuff you'd, you'd actually really enjoy uh, if you were to like any tell um, because there's a lot of that um, early 60s kind of um, bluesy but psychedelic and folk-tinged sound, which I think some of some of that you might appreciate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, they also weren't really ones for, well, yeah, like you have albums like Thick as a Brick and Passion Play, which were essentially two songs that were the entire record. Uh, Ian Anderson had a way, especially in what is one of my favorite periods of the band, uh, the folk trilogy period, which was the Songs from the Wood, Heavy Horses, Stormwatch period, of writing very, very complex music um, in a more, um, structured more in the way of like a, like a three to four, maybe five, six minute pop, uh, not pop, but like rock song. And, um, he was uh, he was really a master of it. I felt, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's undeniable that Tull had that weird eclectic English thing going on, and you know, it's not for everybody, sure. But I I think there's no denying that they were a really great band, a really influential band, uh, and just very unique and clearly um, clear clearly had their own sound. And um, anyway, they had a, a revolving door of musicians through it. Uh, really, the only two consistent members throughout most of the period was Ian Anderson and Martin Barr, uh, who played, who was the guitar player for the band. And um, as far as albums go, I, I want to recommend three and then just give three that I that I would pick. Um, the three that I would recommend is, of course, Aqualung. And um, I know you aren't really a fan of Aqualung. But I would really recommend checking out Stand Up. You might like that because it's more of the, um, it's it's definitely more of it's their second album. So I think it's really when Tull started to become Tull, but it still had that kind of early '60s blues rock kind of sound to it. And I think some of that you might be you might be into, especially the folkier <coughs> stuff in it. Um, and then uh, as far as uh, I would also recommend Thick as a Brick for just prog fans because it's one it is really one of their best albums and um I, li I appreciate the humor and thick as a brick but as far as me i would actually go with uh i would still go with aqualong but i'd also go with songs from the wood and heavy horses which are two albums from their um their folk trilogy period and uh both have kind of like a rustic sound a lot of themes uh um a lot of songs from the wood have kind of like a some of the lyrics are kind of silly, but also some of it has to do with, like, um, uh, Ian Anderson often talks about stuff like agriculture and farming and stuff like that because he was very much an advocate for, you know, saving farms and kind of thing. I think him and Neil would have probably gotten along with uh, Neil's whole farm-aid thing. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the guy, uh, but, yeah, he, uh, 
a lot of the folk themes in it are really great. Uh, Heavy Horses is a bit, I think, more rustic and kind of <clears throat> edgier sounding, which I, I really appreciate. And yeah, just some great songs there. Um, as far as songs go, I'm not going to really recommend the hits because, um, I mean, th- there's some great stuff. I love songs like Locomotive Breath and Aqualung and stuff like that. But I think the deeper cuts are really the best stuff that Tull does. So uh, for me, I'm going to pick Skating Away on the Thin Ice of a New Day, which is off of the War Child album, which that album's pretty good, but that song is one of the best songs they've ever done. Some of my favorite lyrics by him. Uh, a song called My God off of Aqualung, which is just an epic song. Um, love the flute in that and the lyrics. A song called Minstrel in the Gallery off of the album Minstrel in the Gallery, which is uh, probably the best uh, fusion of like folk and prog and hard rock that they've ever done. It kind of starts out as a folky tune and then turns into like sort of a prog kind of hard rock tune, but it's it's pretty accessible. It's like a six or seven minute song. It's not like one of these really bloated tunes. It's actually got a cool riff and stuff to it. Uh, a really beautiful track that I love uh, called Velvet Green off of Songs in the Wood. Very folky, very, um, very, very oddly um, put together track, but some really beautiful stuff on there. Um, a nice blend of instruments. I think Tull mixes acoustic instruments and um, electric instruments better than any other band. And there's always all kinds of crazy instruments in there, like things like glockenspiels, and they have mandolin and stuff, and of course they have the flute, and they have they'll have like strings and violins and sh- and all kinds of stuff like that in their music. And that's one thing that I really love about them is the way they blend all those different instruments together. And then uh, the last song I would pick is the title track off of Heavy Horses, which is um, a pretty epic track with some amazing piano and amazing um, amazing uh, lyrics to it. Uh, just a really awesome kind of rustic sounding piece that I really love. And uh, yeah, I recommend those tracks and give Tall a good sh- like a fair shot. They're, they really are a really a fantastic band. I, I, I can't the more the more I listen to that band, the more I like them. I don't know what it is, and uh, um, there's also just some personal connection to it with me, with uh, a lot of moments in my life. I would say, especially with uh, the song, the albums, um, "Heavy Horses" and "Songs from the Wood." Uh, definitely some really great memories listening to those tunes, or, uh, those albums. Nice, kind of like your. Um, I was just thinking this, kind of like your Beach Boys in the sense with. Um the song specifically but i'm pointing out the deep cuts as opposed to the more well-known ones all the best all the best tall tunes you're absolutely right all the best tall tunes like it sounds like with you with the beach boys are the lesser known tunes mm-hmm. you always hear aqualung on on uh classic rock radio you always hear locomotive breath uh you'll hear maybe one or two other songs off of aqualung and maybe like the shortened version of thick as a brick but you don't hear these other really really amazing tracks and really some really well-written material. So, I, I like I said, I acknowledge it's not for everybody. They're quite a quirky band, but I, w- I will always love Jethro Tull. <laughs> I just love that <laughs> band so much. Uh. Nice. All right, so um, I'm going to go into my number three, and uh, I'll keep and this. this is very interesting, by the way, because when we tried to record this, this is where... It had to stop, so I'm really in- interested in your top three bands. So go for it. <laughs> well, um, don't get too interested because, um, at least for this okay. one, because my number three is going to be very brief. Um, okay. Because that's David Bowie. Oh, okay. All right. And the main reason for keeping that brief is, as you know, we are 
currently going through his discography in our discography mm-hmm. series. Um, so I don't want to get too into the um, nitty gritty with Mr. Bowie. Um, personal reasons I've already kind of gotten into um, on some of the first couple of episodes. Um, so if you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to those where I kind of really go into the personal reasons why I've gotten into uh, Mr. Bowie. Um, but, you know, of course, you guys know, you listeners know that he means a lot to me. Um, both his music and just the man himself. Um, mm-hmm. I believe for the most part, except for one song, my top five songs are the same as yours. And Bowie's the reason why I decided for this whole list to approach recommended top five songs as opposed to personal favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I think looking at this top five don't think any of these are in my top five so that kind of makes things interesting for later on when we do get to our favorite bowie songs Mm -hmm. all of these are amazing songs and they would all be included in my top 30 um but these are five songs that i think are just really great songs starting out um my first one i went with space oddity of course of course (laughs) um my second one i went with life on mars um my third, I also went with Moon Age Daydream. I think yes. that song just really captures the glam era. Um, my fourth, I think this is the only one you didn't have on yours, would be Heroes. And actually, come to think of it, Heroes would probably... Actually, this one, my next song, would be the closest in terms of my higher-up favorite Bowie songs. But, I mean, Heroes, you just can't go wrong with. I think, like yeah. Life on Mars, Heroes really captures the, the late 70s Bowie um, really well. Um, and then my number five, I think you also had on yours, is Ashes to Ashes. Um, I, I included Ashes to Ashes mainly because, I mean, it's a great song, but I think um, to kind of give an introduction of Experimental Bowie, um, mm-hmm. that's a great starting place, is Ashes to Ashes. It's still uh, accessible, it's really but also very, I think also um, pretty different, especially for its time at the, you know, at the same time. It's really funny that we picked this essentially the same songs, and I'll be honest with you, had it had I not wanted to represent Diamond Dogs in some way, I probably would have picked Heroes as the, as the other one because, sure. like, yeah, if I was gonna recommend tracks to somebody, um, you know, who's just starting out, absolutely Heroes would have to be there. I mean, I'd be foolish to exclude that that song, you know. Um. So those would be my five again recommended starting. Um tracks if you will um stay tuned for what my actual top five would be far down the road when we finish the bowie discography and on uh, that no i'm really excited to see what both of our top 20 or 30 whatever we decide to make it uh is going to be it's going to be very interesting yes indeed um (laughs) as far as the three records i would recommend um recommend starting out with uh, i have hunky dory on here I have Ziggy Stardust on here. And then my third, I decided to go with Scary Monsters. Um, Only because, again, like my um, inclusion of Ashes to Ashes for five songs, I wanted to incorporate, especially starting out, Experimental Bowie. While I don't think Low or Heroes is where you should start, I think Scary Monsters kind of captures some of that experimental side of Bowie while also maintaining the 
pop side of Bowie that's represented really well on Hunky Dory. So I think Scary Monster is the best way to describe that record. It's like a fusion of Hunky Dory and the Berlin era of Bowie. Very nice. So yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting take, and I would actually say that's yeah. From what I've heard of that experimental era, that would be a good, definitely a good starting point. Absolutely. Uh, but you're number two. All right, we're getting to the top two now for both of us. Woo! Okay, so I, we're both going to do our top two, and then we're going to give a few honorable mentions very quickly, and then we're going to each go to our number one and hopefully wrap this thing up soon. Yep. Um, okay, number two is one of my all-time favorite bands. There's uh, been times where I actually felt this band was number one, uh, and that's Rush. I'm sure you're not surprised to hear that. Um, I think, honestly, nope. for me, with Rush more than anything else, is that probably more than any other band, and uh, you are included in this, of course, too. Um, just so much... There, I have such an emotional attachment to this band. Um, from just, like... I mean, I really feel like Rush was the band, even, like, with you and I and our group of friends. It was the band that everybody loved, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. That, and that's even between, like, your, you and um, our friend Matt's other group of band, uh, other group of friends, and, you know, our personal group of friends. Uh, friends, everybody loved Rush. I can't think of one person. Who all didn't. of our and, clicks, um, yep. All the clicks. Everybody loved Rush. There's <laughs> just something about this band uh, that always spoke to me. Um, they're, they're, first of all, they're. The, I respect the, the three men in Rush probably more than almost any other other musicians because they always did what they wanted to. They never sold out. They always um were honest about the way they approached their music and just with their fans and they always just seemed like three really humble while at the same time supremely talented individuals um but aside from them as people i just think uh they always made even even their worst stuff i don't hate you know even like albums that i'm not as big into like and i'm like well maybe i don't really care for that as much I can't say they have anything that's bad, you know, at least from what I've heard of their discography. And they have so many great albums and so many great songs, and their musicianship has, was always just top-notch. Um, it's hard not to love this band. And uh, even lyrically, I mean, uh, Neil, Neil Peart is, again, one of these guys who um, he could write very intelligent lyrics, very philosophical lyrics, very, you know... Um, well thought out lyrics and they never came off as pretentious to me you know which he I, I, I recall always seeing interviews with him joking that it's impossible for them to be pretentious because they're Canadian but <laughs> 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 which I always thought was hilarious you know uh, and uh, it really speaks to the humor of the band too I mean uh, I've seen I've had the privilege to see them live three times twice actually twice with you and you were at a show at the third show, uh, but you went separately, I think, with your brother or something. I can't remember. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, to yeah. the third show. So I had the privilege of seeing them live uh, three times. I loved them. I, they, they were always just wonderful live. And I don't know. They just have so many classic songs and classic albums to me. Um, my three favorite albums are just the three albums that I would actually honestly just recommend to people. Uh, my favorite being Farewell to Kings. Um uh, 2112, close behind it, and the third being Moving Pictures, which I think Moving Pictures is probably the the culmination of their musicianship and their songwriting. Um, 
probably the best example of probably like I said I think it's it, that album is very revered for a reason because it, it, like as much as I I think you and I and I, I don't know what your opinion is of Rush these days but um, I think you and I can agree that a, a album like Moving Pictures is far more accessible than something like A Farewell to Kings um, but to me A Farewell to Kings is just a personal favorite and 2112 too uh, but moving pictures is like the culmination of their great songwriting and melodies with the great musicianship uh, where they kind of went a little too far i think in the synthesizer driven kind of pop sound of the 80s mm-hmm. a, a few albums later um and in, in some sense i could see where people would find uh albums especially like caress of steel and maybe even hemispheres not quite as you know accessible um, but yeah, anyway, so those are three albums I would recommend the songs. I'm just, I kind of went with my favorites mixed with, um, ones I'd recommend. I went with 2112, the entire suite, because just love the whole story behind that song. Uh, personal favorite track off of Farewell of Kings. And I know you're going to agree with me on this one. Xanadu. Absolutely. Amazing, tr- amazing song. Amazing, amazing song. Um, I went with YYZ or YYZ as my Canadian friends would probably say, um, there's not many instrumental uh, songs that you can like kind of sing along to, and YYZ is a perfect example of that. <laughs> That's uh, true. And just shows some of their best musicianship. Um, each of them shine really well on that on that song. One of their this song lyrically probably speaks to me more than almost any other of their songs. I, could, I can really identify with the lyrics, and that's subdivisions. I had to put that on here. It's a great tune. Uh, that is such a great song. Uh, and the melodies on the song. and um, Signals is a very underrated album, by the way. I think of their 80s Agreed. Uh, period. Some very, very great songwriting on that one. And uh, Subdivisions is just a classic track. I love it. And I cheated on my last one. I went with both uh, Cygnus X1, Book 1, and Book 2 because I kind of see them as the same piece. Um, Cygnus X1, Book 1, of course, being, on the, being the last track on A Farewell to Kings, and then Book 2 being the first track uh, on Hemispheres. And uh, I just love the whole story behind the, the songs and the concept. Um, very philosophical uh, in nature, just about um, how the different sides of um, people's brains can kind of... Um, sort of uh, dictate their behavior and how balance is sort of the key to it. And just really, really heavy shit, man, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I just love the philosophical themes that uh, that Neil Peart always um, addressed in, in a lot of those early Rush songs. And, um, yeah, uh, rest in peace to him, by the way. We lost a legend this year. And um, I will always love Rush. If anything, for um, – if anything, just for the – great and maybe this isn't a good reason to hang on to something but for the great nostalgia and the wonderful memories i had listening to them and uh um just i think their music still holds up i mean i've i was listening to a bunch of them after neil passed recently and i still love so much of their music and um to me it's it's timeless and they've kind of earned like how i kind of said jethro tell kind of didn't isn't really in that same conversation rush has kind of over the years become part of the conversation of those great bands from that era i think i think they've really earned their place and um they just kept trucking along all those years and it's really paid off for them in the long run so yeah yeah i agree um and you know just kind of throw in my quick two cents um go for it while i am not the rush fan that i used to be still love them and very much appreciate Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 
them as a whole. Um, like you were saying, they will always have a special place in my heart in terms of just my musical vocabulary and also just on a mm-hmm. deep personal level. I mean, Summer 08, yeah. um, alone, the, the, the five of us, um, that trip, um, seeing them for the first time at Hershey Park. Oh, yeah. Um, just being stupid young teenagers that, you know, that, that, <laughs> that summer, that weekend will always, you know, have a special place. Oh yeah. And Rush um, was the soundtrack to it, you know? And they were the great. soundtrack to that for sure. Um, for me, my personal favorite records are Permanent Waves and, uh, Moving Pictures. Um, oh, I love, per- it was so hard not to put Permanent Waves yeah, on there, by the way. Yeah, th- it's, Ugh. those two records are just a great balance of, um, the really mm-hmm. proggy side of Rush, but also I think really um, displays the the brilliant songwriting um, mm-hmm. side of them with Neil, spe- uh, you know, specifically, of course, since he was you know, the songwriter of the band. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, once again, of course, um, rest in peace to Neil as well. Um, oh, yeah. Just an incredible group. Um, now you're making me want to go listen to Rush. <laughs> <laughs> and and it should be interesting, again, uh, spoiler alert, it'll be interesting to see how both of us uh, feel if we do indeed do Rush as a discography series at some point, which uh, I'm still very on board with, and it would be very interesting to see. Especially, I think I'd be really interested to see what, what your opinion is of all of their albums at this point, because I know it's been many years since you've regularly listened to them, so um, it would be... It, it'll That'll be a very interesting... Uh, series to do if we indeed do it sometime absolutely uh, which i am also totally open and down to do as well uh down the road <laughs> um but let's uh let's transition to my number two mm-hmm. um this is a band i've always listened to and i've had you know some of their more well-known albums but i didn't really get deep deep into them <clears throat> excuse me till maybe like three or four years ago mm-hmm. um and that's rem um, along with my favorite band, no band have I really dived into in terms of their career. Um, when I really get into an artist, I want to hear all of it. B-sides, deep cuts, unreleased songs, bootlegs, you name it. I just want to hear it all. And like mm-hmm. I said, uh, uh, the only other band that I, whose catalog I know better than Ardenham's is my number one. Um, those four gentlemen, Mike, Michael Stipe, um, Peter Buck, Mike Mills, and um, Bill Barry are just, they're, they just, their, their music just means so much to me. Um, these guys were my soundtrack when I was um, sick a year and a half ago. Um, um, they, they were the only group I listened to. Um, they have 15 studio albums and I love all 15 of them. While, you know, some of them are not as good as others, I would go from, you know, the, the top tier REM albums being great among some of my favorite music to the bottom tier to just like good, slightly above average. Like, I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. they have a, a bad record. Um, a few cringy songs, but all in all, this is just a band that was just so diverse in a really simplistic way. Um, and just 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I just, I, they, they just, this, this band means a lot to me. Um, yeah. I love Michael Stipe's voice while it's not anything, you know, you know, spectacular or anything like that. I just, I think it works. Um, Mike Mills, their bass player, is kind of like the secret weapon of the group. He also did a lot of the backing vocals, but also sung lead on um, some of my favorite REM songs. Peter Buck's another one of those guitar players, like Johnny Greenwood in the sense. Um, he's one of my favorite guitar players, but not really in the traditional sense of favorite guitar players. Um, he does have some moments of just, you know, great soloing and, you know, some like iconic riffs, but it's again like Johnny Greenwood, what his guitar playing contributes to the overall REM sound is what I'm really fascinated by more than anything else. Um, and then, you know, Bill Berry, who played on the first 10 REM albums, uh, their drummer also did a lot of backing vocals, wrote some of their greatest songs. Um, they were just another one of those bands, kind of like the way you were describing The Who. Mm-hmm. All four members played a role. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just the Michael Stipe show. Like, every every band member was crucial to R.E.M. Um, and while Bill Berry didn't play on the last five albums, um, they were just such a tight group that the three remaining guys, I, I think, really captured something special on those last five records as well. Um, they're also a band where you know the one I love, you know it's the end of the world, um, you know, what's another one? Um, uh, Losing My Religion. Those mm-hmm. songs are great, but they're another band. The deep cuts are my favorite. Um, I'm uh, not surprised to hear that. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, to me, th- those are their best songs. With that being said, with my top five recommended songs, I really tried, to, I intentionally didn't include they were a band I intentionally didn't include, The One I Love, Losing My Religion, because you've heard those songs. Whether you knew they were R.E.M. or not, you've heard those songs. So I included yeah, songs that were still more on the well-known side for the most part. But if you liked those aftermentioned songs, The One I Love, Out of the World as We Know It, um, Losing My Religion, you'll like these songs as well. But I did also include a couple deep cuts. So, my first song I have is Radio Free Europe. It's off their first record, Murmur, my favorite REM album. Um, Radio Free Europe was a big college indie, um, I I guess, hit, if if you will. Um, It was a song that they played live pretty much all throughout their career. Um, Really, really awesome song. If you like a song like End of the World as we know it, um, then you will really like Radio Free Europe. Uh, I'm going to have to hear that because I do like End of the World a lot. <laughs> um, my second song is a song called um, South Central Rain, I'm Sorry. It's off their second album, Reckoning. This was actually probably their first popular song. Um, not considered a hit compared to some of those other songs, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. This would be a song if you really like Losing My Religion, then I would recommend Um checking out South Central Rain. Um, my third song is another personal favorite. It's a very catchy song if you like the one I love. This is a song I think people would like. It's called um, Fall On Me. It's off their fourth record, Life's Rich Pageant. 
Um, one of Michael Stipe's favorite REM songs, I believe. Um, just another great song. Catchy, great vocals. Awesome song. My fourth song, which is my second favorite REM song, is a song called Country Feedback. It's off of Out of Time, which is the same record that Losing My Religion is on. Country Feedback is a very stream of conscious song. And mm-hmm. the band, specifically Peter Buck and Michael Stipe, really emulate Neil Young. There's actually a mm-hmm. really great live performance of this song from the um, uh, the Bridge Benefit concert that Neil Young does every year, where Neil actually does play it with them. Um, he does a really cool acoustic um, guitar solo at the end with Peter Buck, and it's it's just so good. I know it's a it's a band favorite, and I think it's a song, especially being off of Out of Time, is a very overlooked song. Um, and as I mentioned, it's my second favorite REM song. Awesome. Um, so I I also recommend that song because I think that just captures a side of REM that people aren't familiar with. And then my fifth favorite song is actually my favorite R.E.M. song. Um, it's the closing track off of Automatic for the People. And that's a song called Find the River. I really do think it's their best song. I think it's... it's I get the same vibes from this song that I do from Country Feedback, where it really just takes me to a place. Um, it's not stream of conscious like Country Feedback. Um, but it's just a beautiful song. Um... String arrangements are actually done by John Paul Jones, um, who actually did a lot of the strings off of Automatic for the People. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a great song. It's my favorite R.E.M. song. I think it captures that era of the band very well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's another one of those songs, like Country Feedback, that I think just tends to get overlooked. I mean, Automatic for the People is the same record that has Man on the Moon, Night Swimming, songs that people are more familiar with, Everybody Hurts, all great songs, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Find the River, I think, is the best track off that record. Um, and again, my favorite R.E.M. song. Um, three records that I would recommend starting out for R.E.M. would be their debut album, Murmur. Um, the second one I would recommend is Document. That's the one that has all the like hits and well-known songs. And it, it, it is a good album. Um, and then the third one I would recommend is Automatic for the People, which is also... Actually, Automatic for the People is probably their most popular album, Um, but Document has the majority of the hits. Um, As far as personal favorites, Murmur would be my favorite, then their second record, Reckoning, and then their fourth record, uh, Life's Rich Pageant. I remember you being obsessed with Automatic for the People back in the day. Automatic for the People is great. It would be my fourth favorite. Nice. Cool. Um, I, they're a band I've got to look into more. I know the hits, but I don't really know their records. So that's that the uh, those suggestions that you gave will definitely be ones that I check out for sure. For sure. Um, but before we both reveal our number ones, um, we wanted to include top five honorable mentions. Which I'm going to very very briefly brush and I'm going to do this same. Two at a time. Uh, so number one for honorable mentions is Led Zeppelin. Um, I. I hate to say it, and I love, like, all right, I still love Led Zeppelin. At one time, they would have easily been in my top five. Um, they're kind of, they're pretty shy of that now, and it's simply because I just don't go out of my way to listen to them anymore. Um, don't let Dan Wall Once in a while, I'll have, I'll have a craving for, like, Houses of the Holy or um, something like um, the first album, but I could honestly 
like the second album I'm kind of burnt out with and the for- the fourth one a lot of that I'm burnt out with too. Uh these days I think if I were to go back and listen to Zeppelin, I'd want to listen to more of like the third album or and like physical and maybe some of those. But yeah, Zeppelin's been played so much over the years and so many of their songs are played on the radio so much and sometimes just inconsequently, you know, you end up here like at several jobs I've had to hear radio just playing over and over and, you know, some of those songs, it's just, uh, you know, I just yeah, you, can't hear you, them anymore. You and I have talked about this before, and, and I 100% am with you. I'm, I've kind of become burnt out with them, too. I would probably say just from our conversations, maybe I have more than you. Um, but I totally get it. Don't let Dan Wallop but hear this, by the way. I, Shout no, out to no, Dan but I, <laughs> but I will say that uh, when, I lo- when I'm into Zeppelin, I'm into Zeppelin. And there's still sure. a lot of songs that I do really love. Um, like No Quarter is a song that I will always love. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they've just kind of fallen down a lot over the years. And um, while I still love the band, I just don't have that affinity for them that I used to. Um, I also went with Tom Petty, who was a guy that was, again, very important when I first was discovering music. Uh, guy was an amazing songwriter. Um, his death kicked my ass, too. I love Tom Petty. Uh, especially love the albums Full Moon Fever. Uh, Damn the Torpedoes, Wildflowers, uh, his first album's really good, uh, and he just had so many hits. He was a legend, loved Tom Petty. He he's, belongs in the same conversation as the Neil Youngs, as the Bob Dylans, as the Bruce Springsteens. He's, he was a fantastic songwriter Definitely. Uh, and a great musician. Um, Neil Young is also on this list. Um, I, don't, I think you said everything I could possibly say about Neil Young. I absolutely love him. Uh, he just fell short. He, he's fantastic. Um, want to give a shout out to the band Yes. Um, while to use your term, there they did have quite a few clunkers. Uh, particularly their uh, yeah, the Yes album to like Close to the Edge. Those three albums are amazing, and I will honestly say that Close to the Edge remains one of my absolute favorite albums of all time. Uh, top top like two or three progressive rock albums for me ever. Uh, I think for a separate conversation, I think you and I um, would disagree on what the clunkers are. But anyways, carry on. uh, Yeah, anyway, but uh, yeah, I I still really love Yes. They had a lot of really good stuff too, and um, they just, they fell a little short. Um, On the metal front, I only want to mention one band, and it's Iron Maiden, who I think are one of the, still one of the greatest heavy metal bands of all time. I had the privilege of seeing them last summer for the very first time, and like, one of the absolute greatest bands I've ever seen live. Uh, for guys in their 60s, they had more energy than I think any other band I've ever seen. And um, still, I love their songs and their albums. And uh, just classic. I love Maiden so much. Um, and the last one, I uh, this is a sixth one, so I'm sorry. I know we said we'd do five. But I really wanted to mention this band because it's a band that nobody really knows and I think is really important. It's a band called Eloy. They're a German progressive rock band. Some consider them Krautrock. I don't really too much because they, um, shout out to the whole scene. By the way, I do love Krautrock. That could be a whole video. Um, but Eloy has more in common with kind of progressive rock of the time. Uh, really, really cool stuff. I really recommend a couple of their albums from the 70s, particularly an album called Ocean. They're a band I should really... get back into. I haven't listened to them in a really long time, but I remember really Very, very good. I recommend, t- I recommend three albums by them uh, to start, and that's uh, Ocean first. Floating, which is some of the greatest psychedelic progressive rock I've ever heard. Fantastic. Uh, and an album called Dawn. Very good stuff. But yeah, Eloy is a really, really underrated band. If you like like Pink Floyd-esque 
prog rock with maybe a little yes thrown in there. There, yeah, yeah, evil yeah, is yeah. great. So those are my honorable mentions. So many more I could have mentioned, but we got to wrap this up at some at some t- sometime this year. <laughs> yeah, so this is gonna ahead. be a long one. Um, yeah. Um, uh, my top five or my five honorable mentions. I I don't have an order for these. Um, so I'll I just go either. ahead and list them. Um, for me, um, one would be King Crimson. They just barely missed it. Like you said, um, King Crimson. I've always loved King Crimson. Um, going through their discography with you recently uh, has really just upped the love. Um, I would make a case that although Lark's is my favorite studio album, um, the uh, the live album, what's that live album called? Um, that one I told you about. That might be my favorite Crimson recording. That one just kind Are of... Are talking about the Great Deceiver box set? Yes, thank you. The Great Deceiver yeah, box yeah. set, which covers the um, the Larks and Starless Bible Black era of the band. Um, just so good. And just showcases how incredible that lineup of the band was. So they would for sure be in my top 15. Uh, the Flaming Lips would be in my top 15 probably as well. Um, they kind of, in a more modern way, capture my love for Pink Floyd, the Beach Boys, the Beatles... Um, but just more contemporary. Uh, the Soft Bulletin remains one of my favorite albums of all time. I've always loved that group. Unfortunately, they've kind of become trash these past 10 years, but the first <laughs> 25 years of their career is just phenomenal. Um, uh, speaking of Krautrock, a band called Ken would be in my top 15 as well. Uh, I was Ken's actually great. Yeah, I was actually just listening to what's my favorite record by them the other day called Future Days. Uh, just a really cool, um, psychedelic, but also very just like ambient, chill album. Um, they have a yeah. They have another soundscapey kind of soundscapey. There you go. Um, they have another record called uh, is it pronounced Tago Mago? It's Tago Mago. Tago Mago. Okay, that one's really mm-hmm. cool too. That one's a little more jammy compared to Future Days, but it's also a fucking great album. Uh, so I really like Ken. So that's three right there. Um, another one is a band I've been getting into really recently. I kind of name dropped them a couple of times throughout this episode, and that's the Pixies. Um, I, I've really gotten into them. We'll talk about that more when we get to a certain era in our Bowie um, discography series. But I've really become a big Pixies fan, specifically um, mm-hmm. Black Francis, who's the frontman of the Pixies. Rec- me, recommend me some stuff by them because they're a band I've always meant to look into and never did. So will do, will do. Um, so the Pixies would be there, and then the fifth one. There was a, there was a couple I was thinking of. Um, I could see Brian Eno being up there. I love Eno's first four albums, um, mm-hmm. and the ambient stuff that he he's done, which is the bulk of his career, is great. But it's those four ambient pop albums that he he did: Another Green World, Before and After Science, Taking Tiger Mountain, um, and Here Come the Warm Jets. Are just if you're really into, you know, the Bowie glam era, but if you're also kind of like into Crimson, um, that's kind of like the best way I can describe the early Brian Eno mm-hmm. records. So if if not Eno, then who else was I thinking of? I really love Wilco. They're a more modern. Um, indie band, and I even kind of use the word modern loosely because they've been around for you know a long time now. Um, their music's just kind of like relaxing, really cool, like acoustic rock stuff. Um, a little bit in the vein of Neil Young. Um, so yeah, I guess I cheated too. I gave you six. Um, 
But those would those would be my honorable mentions. Yeah, I was. Uh, there's a band that I'm surprised. Um, maybe not so much surprised it wasn't on your top ten. Although I, 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 I don't know. I kind of expected them on your top ten, but also I would have figured they would have been an, an honorable mention. And I'm only saying this because, um, and maybe this goes to show how long of a gap it's been since um, since before we started doing the podcast and talking again. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, how much your musical taste has changed, but I'm surprised not even a mention of Porcupine Tree. Ah, uh, yeah, no. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, kind of fallen out of the Porcupine Tree um, oh, bandwagon a no little kidding. bit. I mean, I, I, I love, like, the first however many albums from their debut to, like, In Absentia, but anything after that, and that's all Stephen Wilson projects have just been kind of, ugh. Kind of just kind of <laughs> lost interest with Stephen Wilson as a whole, but I, I do like the earlier uh, Porcupine Tree stuff. Yeah, and he sure can mix an album, that's for sure. That's for sure, and a couple of his solo <laughs> albums I do like too, but anyways. Okay, well, let's get to number one then. Um, my number one, my number one favorite musical artist is... The Monkees. The, the Monkees. Shout out to the Monkees. her face. No, yeah. You're, you're not going to be surprised at all to hear this, of course. Uh, it's been the same for practically since I've been listening to music. It's Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I love this band to death. Um, it, Pink Floyd was the band that got me into music. Um, Pink Floyd's the band that shaped my musical tastes uh, pretty much everything since um, I first heard Dark Side of the Moon. And... Um, I don't know. They're they're a band that you know. They are another one that I don't listen to all the time anymore. But when I'm in the mood, it's like Pink Floyd is just the greatest. You know, they they have I don't know. They have that same quality that the Beatles have on me, where it's like I don't listen to them all the time anymore. But it's just ugh, when I do, it's great. And I'll I'll admit, I mean, I like most of their stuff. Um, even the stuff that people really don't like, I tend to still like. But um, so I'll admit that they do have some clunkers. Um, I don't think they have as solid of a discography as somebody, as a band, say, like Rush, for example. But um, the thing is, they've just made some of the greatest music of all time, uh, some of the greatest albums of all time. And they had a string of albums in the 70s that were just some of the greatest, uh, some of the greatest music I've ever heard. Um, You won't be surprised by what albums I chose, I think. Uh, And these are also the three I would recommend, actually. Um, And of course... My favorite album of all time is Dark Side of the Moon. Still, after all these years, I know it hasn't changed, but it's still my favorite <laughs> album. Right behind it, and we're talking like the, the the smallest hair behind is Wish You Were Here, um, which is, so, I, I don't know if that still is your favorite album, but I know it's one of your favorite albums of all time. Mm-hmm. And what's really grown on me, and which is very close, on, and I'll be honest with you, this is the album that I probably come back to more than any other album is Animals. Nice. Um I love animals. I love the dark uh, tone to it. Oh, so good. Um, and uh, yeah, I, 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 it's funny. This is my number one band, but I really feel like I don't have much to say about it. I just love uh, so many other albums. Um, like I said, there's periods of their career. I know a lot of people really don't like the experimental stuff in the middle there. Like I'm not a big fan too much of the album more. Um, Uma Guma has some hit or, uh, or Amagama, whatever you say, uh, has some hit or miss stuff. But even stuff like I love Saucer Full of Secrets. Uh, Adam Hart Mother is a great album. Um, Metal is, I think, right up there with Dark Side and Wish You Were Here. Agreed, yeah. Um, Obscured by Clouds is really good. I think it's a bit short, um, but I think it's still a good album. And even, you know, I was kind of hard on the wall for a long time, and then I didn't listen to it for a long time. 
But uh, I've recently listened to it again after quite a few years of not hearing it, and it still holds up too. I still really, really love The Wall. I think there's a bit of filler in there, but the great songs on The Wall are just absolutely great. Um, uh, I even like the Gilmore era, some of it. Um, Momentary Lapse, a reason, not so much. A couple songs I like, but I still say The Division Bell holds up really well. I really like that album a lot. Um, but yeah, they're just a band that, for me, has always been a staple. Um, I've, I just, I love almost all their albums, and uh, I just want to say Dark Side of the Moon is the album for me. I don't know what it is. Nothing's been a- ever been able to top it. Um, I do myself a favor, and I don't listen to it often. I treat myself to it. So that way, when I do listen to it, it's just really special, and um, it's you know I can enjoy it fully. It's it's not a, an album that I have burn been burnt out on or anything because I've very carefully and very meticulously <laughs> not listened to it as much as possible over the years. As sure. weird as that sounds, I just really just give myself the rare treat, and it's probably why uh, an album like Animals I've gone back to more because um, Animals is such such a weird eclectic album, and I just love it and so dark. Um, of course, uh, there are another, it's another band where I think all four members of the band were really... Well, five, really, I think. Sid Barrett's... You know, despite what you think of the Sid Barrett-era music, there's no um, denying the influence that he, he had on the rest of the band and all the material that followed him. Um, so really, all five of them were really integral to it. But really, it's the core uh, of, you know, Waters, Wright... Gilmore and Mason that are really important. I, I always felt like Rick Wright was the George Harrison of the group where he was really important, but kind of wasn't recognized enough. And, you know, Gilmore's guitar and vocals and Roger Waters' excellent songwriting. And um, Nick Mason's a solid drummer too. So I don't know. Just love the band. We'll always love that band. And uh, yeah, listen to Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Pink Floyd for me, not to the degree of Led Zeppelin. But they are a band that I have kind of gotten burnt out on a little bit. Again, nowhere near to the degree of Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Like, I would still make the case that Pink Floyd would make my top 20, if not 25 favorite bands. Um, right. I, I think I've, you know, I've I've gotten more into, like, where, like, I lean towards my favorites. Um, have been more of the, you know, use it loosely on a band like Pink Floyd, but obscure stuff, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but like stuff like I think <laughs> these days, Animals and Piper at the Gates of Dawn and even Metal, I kind of lean more towards to that being my favorite. And that could just be a mix mm-hmm. of um, because you don't hear that stuff as much, um, yeah. but also because I don't think it's as appreciated as, you know, the more well-known stuff, Dark Side of the Moon, um, Wish You Were Here, etc. What, th- what do you think of Adam Hart Mother? I think it's one of their worst albums. Really? You don't like... Wow, you don't like Adam Hart Mother? I'm surprised. No, but I... I, I and I, I honestly, as far as the experimental Floyd, that era, I think Sassful Secrets is a better record. I think Metal's a better record. I, I think Adam Hart Mother is... Along with the the last two Gilmore albums, I think it's their worst album. Wow. Oh, Adam Hart Mother's so underrated. I think oh, the song Adam even... Hart Mother is overrated. I think it's, oh, it's so. It's I, I so think good. I think it's people so blow good. that song out of proportion. <laughs> oh, it's so good. There's a couple uh, songs so... I do really like on it though. Um, the Fat Old Son is probably my favorite song off that record. Fat Old Son's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, I'm. Oh, that makes me sad. But I. I oh, and, and it. If I is one of my opinion. favorite Pink Floyd songs. That's off that record too. If's good too. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
those three songs in the middle there, what is it? If Fat Old Son and Summer 68 are pretty good. I like mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah, oh, I love that title track. And, and and you and I, I think this has been an ongoing thing, and it sounds like it remains the same. You and I have always had the disagreement of post-Wall Floyd. Yes, we have. Yeah, I, I and which is a disagreement I share with uh, my wife, too. She does not really like the Gilmore stuff, but she likes Final Cut. I, I personally think the Final Cut's their worst album. Yeah, you still just, do, yeah. I, I uh, love yeah, the Final that's... Cut. I think it's I think it's underrated. I mean, I, I can understand making the, the case that it's a essentially a Roger Waters solo album. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I just think it trumps a momentary lapse of reason and um, um, the division bell. Personally. I think I think that there's a definite uh good there's definite definite good argument to be made against a momentary lapse of reason, but I really think D- Division Bell is a great album. But eh, sure, it's all preference, all pre- all different preference, I guess. Absolutely. And you're right that Piper is a great album. Uh, Piper is right up there too. The Sid Barrett stuff I really enjoy. I uh I know a lot of people really don't care for the Sid Barrett stuff, but I think it's some of the most important um, music that they did. I love it. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, um, but uh, give anyway, us your ahead. your number one. What's your number well, one? Well, hold on there, sir. You did not. Oh no, you did. You didn't give us your songs. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow, I didn't give my songs. You gave okay. the albums. You didn't give the songs. Okay, so my songs. Uh, the songs that I gave are. Um, <clears throat> uh, I have two from Dark Side of the Moon, which I think you might approve of. These two songs, uh, Time, which is still one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs ever. And Us and Them, which is one of the most beautiful songs. That Us and Them's done. my that, favorite song off Dark Side. That piano and that saxophone and and the uh, the, the 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 vocals between that um, chorus. Yeah, David Gilmore and Richard Wright is just amazing. Yeah, uh, I have Shine on You Crazy Diamond, of course. Uh, which uh, like that's that and you know with that I would put both side both parts of the song because it's kind they're kind of one song I guess. But particularly the first half of Shine on You Crazy Diamond is just ugh, that build up, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the sax at the end is so great. I have Echoes off of Metal, which is um, the reason to listen to Metal, to be honest. And uh, uh, the last one I put was Dogs off of Animals, because that is, again, just another epic track. Man. Yeah. Ugh. That's a great top so five. Good. I can't really, can't really uh, disagree with that. It's a great top five. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> um okay cool go ahead so my number one (laughs) my number one and you know at this point i don't have much to add that hasn't been said already um but my number one's the beatles the beatles are my favorite band um like i said along with rem there's no band i know a catalog better um Everything that you love about the Beatles, everything that everyone else loves about the Beatles, I do too. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, they just, they, beyond the fact that I think their music is just iconic, um, their music just resonates with me on a level that I, I, I can't on the spot mm-hmm. explain. But they really, their music really just means a lot to me. I love there, the there's whole... a reason they're the most popular they're like the most beloved band in history and as far as I'm concerned you know you it's one thing to not be a fan of their music I, I, I can I can be content with that but to deny their importance in music um you're you're just absolutely insane I mean yeah every 
20th century, 20th, 21st century band, it all goes back to the Beatles. Whether it's an in, mm-hmm. but whether they're an indirect influence for said band or artist or not, um, you're in denial if you think otherwise. Um, you just are, and, and you know, and and, and I, I will say that, you know, the hype is real. Don't let the hype, you know, if, if that's really been your reason for not, you know, listening to the Beatles, don't let that, you know, dissuade you. Um, I love the whole catalog, including the early stuff. I am like you. My Beatles is. You know, the latter half of the Beatles, but I, I think mm. the first half is every bit as crucial in their story. Um, and just phenomenal songs. Um, so much so that I, in college, had a, uh, a radio show that I used to host um, that was a Beatles show um, where I played all Beatles, but I didn't just play Beatles. I played all the solo stuff. I played alternate recordings, um, covers, you name it. It was, it was literally all things Beatles. Um, the name of the show was, um, oh, what was the name of the show? Uh, Beatlemania, which, uh, was not a name I wanted. The original name of the show was all things John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Um, cause it, to me, it captured where I wanted to take the show. Uh, but a guy that, one of the people that was running the radio station at the time had recommended changing the name only because it was a mouthful, which to be fair it is, but anyways, mm-hmm. I digress. Um, so, you know, so much so I had a, my love for them, I had a, a show that I hosted every week that I put a lot of time and work into. They're just a band, I, I can be in any mood when I listen, <clears throat> you know, in any mood and I can just put on the Beatles. Um, I think as I said before, John Lennon is my favorite musician, my favorite songwriter. He's my Beatle. Um, but all four of them are so important to the Beatles story. Oh, um, yeah. I, I have my own headcanon in terms <laughs> of the solo albums and, you know, I've kind of come up with my own, um, you know, Beatles albums post Let It Be if they never broke up, but using the solo songs. I've listened to other people's variations of, you know, post Let It Be Beatles albums. I Like, I just, the, the, the fandom is just... It's besides Star Wars, um, the Beatles are like my disgusting obsession. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 Star Wars and the Beatles for me for sure. Um, hey, those are two good things. So when putting together my top five songs, I did approach it a little differently. I wanted to include a song that was a highlight for three out of the four Beatles. Um a John and Paul um, song, and then a underrated song. And I think you'll appreciate my picks. Okay. So my Paul song that I, I want to represent, I didn't want to include the Let It Be's and the Hey Jude's and the Yesterday's. You've heard them. They're great. But a mm-hmm. song that I did include, if you love all three of those songs, is a song called Here, There, and Everywhere. Mm, um, nice, good pick. Off of Revolver. It's it's my favorite Paul McCartney Beatles song, I think. It deserves to be up there along with the Hey Jude's and the Yesterdays in terms of Paul's some of Paul's greatest songs. Um and I believe it's was John Lennon's favorite Paul McCartney Beatles song. Um so if, you know, that means anything for you Lennon fans. Um so I decided to include that here there and everywhere. The John track that I decided to include, and I think this really just kind of represents 
um, John, and John was sort of like the, the one that really pushed the experimental side of the Beatles, and that's Strawberry Fields Forever. Yes. Great song, that. great recording. It's it's a masterpiece. I just plain and simple, it's a masterpiece. Um, the George song I decided to include, and it's my second, probably my second or third favorite Beatles song, is Something off of Abbey Road. That was... That, that's a very good choice. That was a consideration for me as well. Um, I, I love everything about it. I think it's George's best song, even over my guitar. Gen- while my guitar gently weeps, um, it's got my favorite George Harrison guitar solo. Everything about it is just—it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of the song, not to get cheesy or camping, but it's kind of like mine and my girlfriend's song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I went there. Um, and then my fourth pick sorry about that my fourth pick um i want to go with a song that really captures the lennon mccartney you know songwriting i mean you know no there's no greater combo than lennon and mccartney when it comes to songwriting um and that song of course is a day in the life again it's a masterpiece Uh, a day in the life has been noted mainly as john's song but where mccartney gets the credit is the middle section of that song um, mm-hmm. And that song just really, really exemplifies how important they were to each other. Um, and then my number five, um, I use the, 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 the phrase deep cut loosely when talking about the Beatles, but I wanted to go for like a heavy song that's not Helter Skelter while still a fucking great song but the song i went with is um i want you she's so heavy yeah you did too nice (laughs) i love 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 this song from lennon's vocals to the instrumental breakdown at the end it's a dirty builds up builds up builds up and then just cuts off and goes right into here comes the sun it is I, I, it's brilliant i love it it predates i'm just a little i'm just a little upset because you did what everybody else does Give Ringo a song, man. Come on. You know, if I were to give Ringo a song, we mentioned it before, Octopus's Garden. Okay, good. Um, there we go. But I want you, She's So Heavy, I want it to represent, because that just shows a heavy side to the Beatles. Um, and predates Black Sabbath by a year. Um, yes, true. Yep. Uh, three albums that I recommend starting out would Speaking be... Speaking of Black Sabbath and the Beatles, I have a very quick antidote. I'll, I'll tell you after this that I think you'll appreciate. Okay. Go ahead. Um, three... Albums that I'd recommend starting out would be Rubber Soul. Um, and if you really like Rubber Soul, go to Revolver, which is my favorite of the two. Uh, Sgt. Mm-hmm. Pepper. And if you really like Sgt. Pepper, then go to Magical Mystery Tour, which is also my favorite of the two. Um, mm-hmm. And then Abbey Road, of course. Um, and, and I'm just going to mirror everything you said about Abbey Road and just all the same reasons. Um, Abbey Road is my second favorite Beatles album, my favorite, which I didn't include in terms of my recommendation albums, but my favorite Beatles album is the White Album, and it's my second favorite album, only behind Pet Sounds. Um, yeah, I, I was wondering if Abbey Road was still your favorite, so the White Album. Mm-hmm. The White Album I like, I just feel like sometimes it's, this is sacrilegious to say, but it's a little bloated. Like, and that it's is exactly so, what I love about it. It's the only so record big, where I yeah. say that that's what makes it great. Yeah, yeah, I do like a lot of, I really do like a lot of the White Album, but I don't think it's a perfect album, whereas Abbey Road, I really feel is a perfect album. Honestly, like, Abbey Road is their best album, I just 
the white uh-huh. album's my my personal favorite. Hey, teach their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna tell you a Beatles anecdote because uh, you you had mentioned um, about how you can kind of trace everything back to the Beatles, and that's a, a, a point I've made for God forever. And uh, I remember years ago, this was like a what? This was like I don't know, twenty thirteen or twenty twelve or mm-hmm. something. No, it'd be earlier than that, because it's before I moved out to Montana. So yeah, 2011 or something. I worked with a guy, and he was a big metalhead, you know, which is fine. I, I'm a metalhead, too. I love metal. Yeah, yeah. But he's one of those guys where, like, everything that isn't metal sucks, you know? So this this I found, obviously, very annoying. So um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I mentioned, I was talking about the Beatles, and I was like, oh, the Beatles are, what, like, I was like, honestly, I was like, despite what you think of them, the Beatles are objectively the best band ever i mean there's i'm like they they influenced everybody and he's like oh no the beatles sucked i'm like what do you mean the beatles suck and he's like oh they they're terrible blah 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 you know their their songs suck blah 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 blah, right so he's giving me that whole thing so i'm like all right well let me well i'm like let let me tell you something if it was for the beatles you know most music now wouldn't even exist and he's like oh yeah and i was like yeah and so i was like what's your favorite band his you know the band death uh yeah yeah they're like, they were the first death metal band. He's like, oh, my favorite band's Death or whatever. I was like, okay. I was like, Death would not exist without the Beatles. And he's like, oh, yeah, they would. He's like, they're nothing like the Beatles. And I was like, uh, Death was unquestionably influenced by Black Sabbath. And Black Sabbath was unquestionably influenced by the, by Beatles. the Beatles. So if it wasn't for the Beatles, there'd be no Black Sabbath and there'd be no fucking Death. So shut up. <laughs> like I said, it all, it all traces back to the Beatles at the end of it the day. All cha- Whether they're not an the indirect Beatles. influence for said yeah. band doesn't mean diddly squat at the end of doesn't the day. Mean crap, man. It all traces back to the Beatles. Plain yeah, and simple. And Sabbath was a perfect example because I, I definitely heard an interview with Ozzy once and he's like, he's like, the Beatles influenced me more than Jesus Christ. You know, he was like, like really quick, and then we're wrapping the shindig up. Okay. Have you ever seen right. that video of um, the time Ozzy Osbourne met Paul McCartney? No, no. You need to look that up. It's on YouTube. He, like, you want to talk about holy fanboy? Ozzy is just fanboying it up the entire time. Yeah, uh, that 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 sound. I'm gonna have to watch that. Now. So if that doesn't validate your point that you just made, then <laughs> I don't know what else does. <laughs> oh yeah, and like my favorite band, Pink Floyd, wouldn't. Interesting thing about our favorite bands is that um, the iconic Sgt. Pepper was recorded literally at the same time in the same studio as uh, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, Pink Floyd's yes, first album. So that's that's pretty interesting. I think it was like right next door they were recording, which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy to think about. So there, there's a little, uh, little fusion of our favorite bands there. There you go. But holy moly, once all is said and done, I think this almost clocked to three hours. I know, this is epic. I've got a lot of editing to do. Guys, thank you for listening, all you podcast listeners, and thank you for watching, everybody uh, who is going to watch the edited version sometime next year whenever ever I finish it. <laughs> uh, this was awesome. Um, we are going to have a... I'm going to have two playlists in the description below in the YouTube video. We're both making um, playlists of our top 10 favorite artists and there's going to be the five songs that we picked for each artist out and uh how i'm gonna propose this to you on air how do you feel about um each of us picking our favorite song by each artist and then making a list of 20 songs of the best song by each artist we picked sure we can do that? that okay uh there'd be a, there would be two bowie songs and two Beatles songs so 
yeah, we'll we'll do it anyway. Maybe we can both agree on a Beatles song or a, and a and a Bowie song, or we could just do two of each. But anyway, we'll do something like that. So we'll have three playlists. Then we'll have my um, top ten artists, and it'll be five songs by each. Uh, Andy's top five songs by his uh, ten favorite artists, and then we're gonna have a hybrid one at some point that we will discuss and put together. Sounds good. Anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no. Uh, other than I'm hungry. <laughs> it's been fun. And, yes, and I have to pee. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the top ten. Um, whenever we post it. Yep. See ya. Next Bowie See you episode. Later, guys. And, uh, bye. Bye. Thank you for watching, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Peace. Yep. Peace. <laughs>